Hey friends, it's just me here today. I'm going to go back to something my guest Bonnie Gray said in last week's episode and camp there for a little bit because it resonated with me. Do you ever feel as if every time things are going well you seem to self-sabotage? Or do you experience traumatic emotions when you think you ought to be experiencing pure joy? Maybe you have anxiety when you least expect it? Something Bonnie said last week made me want to reflect on that more this week, and I want to invite you to think about it too. If we lock out all of the bad emotions or the negative thoughts that come up, then we also lock out all of the good emotions and the joy that we might experience in life. So let's talk about that a little bit more as we get rolling with this week's episode. So come on inside and grab a cup of coffee and we'll talk. You're listening to Life Repurposed, where you'll find practical biblical wisdom for everyday living, creative inspiration, and helpful resources. Grow your faith, improve your relationships, discover your purpose, and reach your goals with topics to encourage you to find hope amid the trashy stuff of life. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. In last week's episode, my guest Bonnie Gray said something that made me stop and think through it. She said something to the effect of, we can't open one door of our heart and keep another one locked. I know those weren't her exact words, but it was something along those lines. She was talking about how we can't experience the joy and the wonderful things in our lives without also unlocking the emotions we've hidden away. Think about that. When we experience beauty, we also unlock pain. If you haven't listened to episode 130, I encourage you to go back and listen because Bonnie had so many words of wisdom and she was really vulnerable with sharing her story, talking about how her past affected her when she became a young mom and um, how she's processed through that. So you can find that at michellerayburn.com slash 130 and you can listen to that episode. It's on all your favorite platforms as well. So in the context of Bonnie's quote, she was talking about how when she became a mother, all these painful things from her past kept bubbling up and she had anxiety and she started to experience completely unexpected things because she was in a really great season of her life. She had waited a long time to get married and then she had this really successful career and she had two little kids at home, but she had locked away painful memories of her childhood and with it, she also locked up some of her other emotions. Bonnie discovered that when she saw a therapist, she was affected by PTSD. She talked about how she said, I'm not a soldier. How in the world am I having PTSD? I've heard other people have this very same reaction when they talk about PTSD because we think it's just for people who have been through war experiences. Now, I do want to give a little caveat here. I am not a therapist, so I'm not going to give therapy tips on this show. It's not even my area of expertise. I really like to approach things as how can we practically learn and understand more? How can we be a better friend? How can we understand? understand ourselves more. So that's really where I'm coming at with this today. I do want to explore the idea that good experiences can trigger negative thoughts or emotions, and I want to explore the idea that we can't have the good without the bad. Positive emotions that make us feel good include things like happiness, joy, interest or excitement, curiosity, gratitude, love, contentment, 
Okay, those are just a few examples. And then negative emotions include things like sadness, anger, loneliness, jealousy, self-criticism, fear, rejection. Those can all become really painful things in our lives. Have you ever noticed that when you feel excited about a new venture, you also have self-criticism along with it? Or when you feel deep love, you fear that something might mess it up? Along with happiness might come anger or gratitude might trigger loneliness or an ache for what might have been. You're thankful for what you have now, but you're wishing it could have been different in the past. Those are just tiny little examples of things we can all probably relate to, even if we haven't been through something that would be classified as so traumatic that we experience PTSD. I think on a a certain level, we can relate to the idea that with the good comes the bad. Listen to some of the phrases that I thought of that relate to how we, quote, cope with negative experiences and trauma in a way that helps us to stuff it rather than really process it. Here's some expressions. Get a grip. Pull yourself together. Suck it up. Mind over matter. Think good thoughts. Send positive vibes. Toughen up. Get a thicker skin, girl. Stop being a baby. Bite your lips so you don't cry. Bonnie said something to her counselor that this is really kind of where this idea for this episode came from. She said when she was having this conversation and the counselor suggested that she might be experiencing PTSD, she said, wait, what? Wait a minute. Here's her quote. Everything's good in my life. I mean, I've been through really much worse times, so why would it be happening now? And she said her counselor said, well, did you know that a soldier is very strong when he's on the battlefield? He's helping everybody. He's been super resourceful with problem solving. But when does he experience anxiety and panic attacks? When he's safe, when he returns home and he gets off the battlefield. Bonnie said, when you're finally in a safe space, you might be experiencing anxiety or depression that you've never experienced before. So now that we have that awareness, let's talk about how we can support someone who is off the battlefield, who is safe, who's experiencing emotional challenges, perhaps even anxiety, and they can't figure out the reason for it. Now, again, we're not going to do therapy. I just want to explore this from a friend perspective. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is the Life Repurposed book. It includes stories of grace, hope, and restored faith from 34 women just like you. You'll find comfort, inspiration, and wisdom as they share their accounts of how they found hope and renewed faith as they've come through trials and tough times, including family struggles, infertility, health challenges, doubt, fear, human trafficking, depression, heartbreak, loss, and so much more. In these examples of forgiveness, starting over, renewed joy, fresh faith, and love and healing, discover inspiration to experience your own story of transformation. There are some thought-provoking questions to use for your own reflection or group discussion at the end of every chapter as well. If you'd like to know more about Life Repurposed, Stories of Grace, Hope, and Restored Faith, you'll find that at liferepurposedbook.com. That's liferepurposedbook.com.
These are nine tips that I put together for how we could be a good friend to someone who's struggling with anxiety or PTSD or other trauma-related challenges. They're just some general principles for how we can be a better friend, essentially. So it might even relate to other areas of friendship, even in how we respond to someone's emotions when they are just having a really rough moment and maybe we're responding with some of those mantras or platitudes that I mentioned above instead of responding in true empathy. So let's just go through these nine things as tips for ways we can think about what to do with that awareness that negative emotions also come along with the positive emotions. When we open ourselves up to joy, we open ourselves up to experience the other emotions as well. Okay, enough of the lecture. Let's go through the tips. (laughs) Number one, Understand that your friend's reaction might have deeper roots than you realize. Don't take everything personally if they turn negative emotions toward you. This is something that, you know, I I might get easily offended because somebody has meltdown and it might be completely related to something else. So just knowing that reactions that people have come from something deeper than we understand. Number two, skip the mantras and platitudes and offer empathy instead. This means not trying to avoid your own discomfort by changing the subject, but instead really feeling and crying with that other person. Sometimes we're not comfortable with that, so we want to shift away. We want them to act like everything's fine, and then we feel like we're fine. Or we essentially, in not even so many words, say things like, suck it up, buttercup. That is not a helpful response. So we want to skip those things and offer true empathy. Number three, Seeing anxiety as a human feature and not a flaw is so important. I saw this statement on the internet in an article and it stuck with me because it's this idea that it's not a flaw for us to experience anxiety. It's not something we need to try to figure out how to fix. It's not that somebody is broken. It's a sign that there's something at work inside. All of us at some point experience something similar to anxiety, just on different levels, and just knowing this is part of being human. That's something that Bonnie encouraged us in the last podcast episode to think about, is that some of the things we think are bad, and we label them that way, are not necessarily bad. They might just be a sign of something else. So I love that perspective that she gave on that. Number four, don't be an enabler of avoidance. If we encourage our friends to lock up their negative emotions or memories again, then we enable the avoidance and ultimately we lock up the good parts too. So we want to encourage people to, you know, if we if they're not comfortable expressing something to us to go ahead and see a counselor or a therapist or to get the appropriate resources as necessary or just provide that place where somebody can express who they are without having to avoid their feelings because we don't want to be part of enabling them to stay stuck where they are. Processing and healing is so important. Number five kind of goes along with that. Be a safe place. If someone needs to sort through pieces, like Bonnie talked about sorting through her pieces last week, if they need to sort through those as they open up old wounds, we want to help people know that we hold their heart in confidence, that we are a safe place for them. If there's the chance that we're going to be spreading everything they tell us somewhere else, 
or we're going to be responding in a way that tells them they shouldn't feel that way or anything that makes them feel unsafe, then it closes them up and our friends are not able to heal and express what they need to express. So we want to feel that safety there. Even in the conversation I had with Bonnie last week, there was a place where she paused before she explained something and she asked if I had ever experienced anxiety or known someone who had. That made her feel safe enough to talk about it with me. So we want to be a safe place. Number six, listen to how your friend wants to be supported. They may be expressing it and we're missing the cues. Or if we don't know, we just can ask, how can I be supportive right now? What would be the most helpful? Now, if they say, I don't know, and maybe they truly don't know, or maybe they don't want to tell you what they really need, it's okay to offer some options on, you know, would it be more supportive for you right now if I brought supper over or if I took the kids for a while or, you know, just saying some of the things, or would you like me just to listen Um, what would be the most helpful right now? Along with that is number seven, and that is give choices for what you talk about. So a question like, would you like to talk more about this today or would you prefer to just eat popcorn and watch a movie? Giving that option of like, I yeah, I really need to pour some more out and I need to talk more. But no, actually right now I just need to laugh and just be friends. So giving those choices. So number six and number seven go really hand in hand. Number eight, be aware of our own suppressed reactions and how they affect our responses to others. I've discovered this too. First, if we have something suppressed, one of the things that I've seen that happens is that we overreact because we haven't dealt with something ourselves Or instead of overreacting, we try to one-up somebody else. So they share something really traumatic and then we one-up. And that makes the other person feel as if like, well, that's nothing. Let me tell you what I have. And so we have to be aware that there's a possibility that our reactions might not be coming from the best interest of our friends. And then also to be aware that when we suppress something from our past, it really affects how we process too. So we're not perfect. Our friends aren't perfect. We're not perfect. That awareness is really helpful in the communication. Number nine, educate ourselves. We can learn more about what a friend is going through in order to be a better support. So if it is PTSD because of some kind of trauma or abuse in the past, we can learn more about what's most helpful for supporting a friend who's going through that. Or if a friend is going through having lost a child and now is pregnant again for the first time, that's a traumatic thing that that person is going through. And if I haven't been through that, I might not understand what that feels like. So I'm going to educate myself. There's so much out there on the internet. I can read books. I can listen to podcasts. I can talk to other people. And I I don't always want to expect that friend to be the one who educates me, although sometimes that is the best person to ask because they know the ins and outs of what they're experiencing. But um, educating ourselves can take on many forms. So there you have it. Nine different ways that we can be a better friend to somebody who's going through a traumatic experience or who has suppressed a traumatic experience and is now working on the healing process just ways that we can be a better friend. Now, I always leave you with a resource, so I want to do that today. I am going to link again in the show notes to Bonnie's book, Sweet Like Jasmine, 
Finding Identity in a Culture of Loneliness, and that is by Bonnie Gray. I'm going to link to that because her memoir is such a great resource for you to listen to and understand her perspective. She's talks about being the daughter of a mail-order bride and a busboy from San Francisco's Chinatown. And she grew up never truly feeling beautiful or loved. As an adult, she built her life to look pleasant and ordinary, and she had a wonderful husband, two amazing boys, and a thriving career. But despite all of those blessings, she still felt this tugging emptiness and a missing piece. At 39, a long-forgotten birth certificate in an old file cabinet sparked a curiosity Bonnie couldn't ignore. Determined to uncover her family's secrets and understand the home she was born into, Bonnie embarked on a quest that would leave her forever changed. She went back to the culture, places, and stories that shaped her, and her search led her to soul-shaking discoveries about her identity, human kindness, and what it truly means to belong. So I encourage you to pick up that book. I will, like I said, link to that in the show notes. She talks about learning to embrace our worth and celebrating how God uses our unique and broken stories to create a beautiful mosaic of his love one life at a time. I'm so thankful that she's used her life to help with that mosaic with all of us and just bringing us inside of her journey. The other thing I want to introduce you to is a podcast by my friend Amy Watson. It's called Wednesdays with Watson. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Wednesdays with Watson is a podcast that is dedicated to mental health, specifically PTSD, and it's curated by Amy, who is a PTSD trauma survivor, and she seeks to bring hope to the crooked roads of hurt and despair. And I love how Amy brings practical topics, really heartfelt and um, has goes through different seasons on the show. And so if you haven't listened to Wednesdays with Watson before, you can always go back and binge listen to all of the different topics that she has covered. So those are two resources for you on your journey of learning to be a helpful friend or maybe processing through PTSD yourself. So that is all I have for you on this episode. I'd love it if you would subscribe to my newsletter so that you get all the updates when I put a new podcast episode out there. And you can do that right on the same page as the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 131. So I encourage you to go there and grab all these resources and subscribe while you're there. Have a great day and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com to get the show notes for this episode. Each week, I share links to everything mentioned in the episode, graphics you can share, and guest quotes. I also invite you to join the Life Repurposed Facebook community for weekly conversation with others on the journey of discovering the repurposed life. Before you go, which friend needs to hear this episode? Share a link with a note to invite them to listen. And thank you for listening too.